Hello there, and welcome to episode 99 of the Sports and Spirituality Show, brought to you in part by our friends at the Fairfield County Sports Network and Price Custom Homes. Our friends Greg and Mitch Price have been building homes for 50 years. They can help you throughout the entire process, and they would love to hear from you. You can get more information by going to their website, pricecustomhomes.com. Com. Thanks, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. A special thank you to our friend Mike O'Reilly, WLRY 88.9 Radio for Life, for airing this every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on 88.9 FM. Great to have you with us on this episode 99 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. My name is Steve Rowell, and my co-host for this podcast is a lady who is very social and loves being around people, but maybe in limited quantities, and sometimes needs a little space. She's also a young lady who is involved in media and has been involved in media for seven or eight years now. Not mass media, and not this, um, oh, I don't know, um, large-scale media more of a small market media, which I happen to think is the best kind of media to be a part of. And she's kind of trendy. Yep, uh, her thoughts and activities and connections are trendy, and sometimes even her clothes are trendy, even to the chagrin of her husband. She is with the three young adults. She is Kelsey Bull. Welcome back to episode 99 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Kelsey? Hey, Steve. <coughs> Any of those things true? Yeah, I think so. Well, see, last episode, uh, 98, I think I went one for three. You said one of those was true, the other two were not. Sure. Now, I think I'm three for three here. I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'll try to convince you otherwise if you're wrong. I mean, if you're different than me. Okay, okay. Can yeah. you break them down? What was point one? Okay, point one was you're a social person. You love being around people, but you also have these moments where you need a little me time. Uh, you've maybe had uh, um, all the people you can handle. Yes. My wife describes it as sometimes this place is too people-y. Yes. And so, uh, so is that true? 100%. But you're a very social person. Yeah, I love people. Right. You love being out with people, yep. interacting with people. Yep. Uh, obviously, your work at Young Life, you were all kinds of places with all kinds of people. Your yes. work at uh, the Tree Young Adults, uh, always around people. Yeah. But maybe need a little space so I'm, I'm one for one there so far second of all uh you've been a media member for seven or eight years yeah yes thanks uh, to you well you and i got uh, um to work together at wfco 90.9 fm in lancaster ohio and uh, we started doing uh, morning shows together we did interviews and all, did. Those, all those kinds of things and then when it came time to do a little podcasting you said yes to that and so not mass media would you say you're not mass media correct you're more local media yes yes which i do love and think is the best i think it's better so that uh, i'm two for two Sure. Number three. Okay. Uh, trendy. Do you consider yourself trendy? Oh, man. I don't know. You don't know? I don't. I would like to. Uh-huh. But I feel like every other middle 30-year-old, middle-aged 30-year-old woman. Uh-huh. Um, what am I trying to say? Middle 30s-aged woman? Uh-huh. That's what I'm trying to say, maybe? Right. You're not a middle-aged woman. I don't know woman. if I feel like I'm middle-aged yet. No, not middle-aged woman, but right. a, a woman who's in her, her mid-30s. Right. Yeah. It, man, it is so tricky because we cannot be the, like, you know, uh -huh. 20-something, yes. like, dressing so trendy yes. because then it looks like we're trying too hard. Chuggy. And also, right? yeah, maybe, and also, like, our bodies, for a lot of us, just are much different than they were when they, <laughs> they are different now than when we were in our 20s. I see. Or teens. And I then I it's see. like, we're also not to our 40s or 50s, which let me just tell you, I am looking so forward to that age. I'm not dreading it in any way. Uh -huh. um, not in a, I'm wishing this time away, but right. I just, so many of those women... I think that is when they hit their stride. Like they just have confidence in themselves and um, it's so attractive and they're so settled into life in so many ways. So I'm looking forward to that and love that. Not that I don't feel that way a little bit now, but trendy. I just feel like I'm almost like the awkward middle schooler all over again, which it's middle school. It is in the middle. You are right. or like the middle child. I've never been that, but right. 
you know it's just an awkward like sometimes you don't know where you belong i don't know how to dress my body these days so Uh to say i'm trendy when at least it comes to clothes um i would say i try to be i like to be but i don't always hit the mark and i can own that trendy when it comes to like social media trends i'm so not do i love them yes very much so am i doing them no am i like months behind absolutely so um again just at that like middle point in my life Uh where um i don't completely not care yet Uh but i also don't care enough or have enough capacity to make it a priority okay what other, how other ways can yeah. be trendy? Yeah, well, um, th- those were the ones I was focused on. Oh, I okay, did, great. I, I did make another mention <laughs> that I want to get back to, but you said something oh, oh that no. I want more information on. Okay. And I'm I probably scared. shouldn't ask this question. Okay, okay. <laughs> you said <laughs> in my mid 30s, my body is not what it was in the teens and 20s. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, is that something you want to describe as far as what change may or may not? have happened uh, i mean for me i've had two children yes um and i nurse them and Uh just things are just different (laughs) (laughs) and softer and stretchier and they're more cozy (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um Uh, and again i'm pretty like comfortable with my body i most definitely was having a conversation with friends today like i eat what i want when i want still like i have not hit the point where i feel um like i really need to watch or Uh like manage what i eat right right um and i kind of very selfishly hope i never do um in terms of like for weight or appearance right but i also like value exercise in such a different way today than I used to um for like so many reasons I think it helps with sleep it helps with like mood it helps with um just I mean so many things so anyways um yeah I just my body is not what it was I don't know yeah. how else to say that you used the word cozy and oh. I'm not even sure what it means <laughs> but I'm so glad you used it that's uh, that's good stuff right there yeah, yeah, yeah. and by the way I've forgotten uh, or uh, quit caring about what I eat either but it's not because uh, uh, I shouldn't uh, so the, the other thing that I said is okay. uh, your clothes are trendy even uh, to uh, maybe the detriment or the chagrin of your husband oh uh, yeah I was, yeah, yeah. Re- I was referencing Maybe in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, this uh, Taylor Swift uh, thing uh, where you were getting clothes and he didn't know about it, and there were oh, certain uh, oh, sure, I don't sure, know shorts sure. or pants or something you were wearing, and he yeah. he was like, nah, probably not. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. He, I have several items of clothing he uh-huh. does not like. Okay, and he has like nicknames for them. Okay, um, yeah. So they're. Uh, Is it the one the podcast or no? No, no, no. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of what some of them are called. So like, I have these like really. <laughs> they're green like a dark green um strappy sandals um i think he like referred to them one time as like my roman sandals or empire sandals or something okay um i have this uh thrifted sweater that has lasted me years um pretty sure i got it locally here in town at salvation army he calls it my grandpa sweater um in that same thrift um, it just must have been the right day because I have two or three other sweaters that I still wear to this day, but he, I have my grandpa's sweater. Um, I have this like long, it's like a vest, uh, but it's almost like floor length and it's like white and lacy. Um, uh, I don't know, vest we can say, uh-huh. what does he call that one? I, and again, some of these things I haven't worn in years, so I'm sure when he listens to this, he's probably going to forget um now are these yeah. things that you bought because they are trendy yeah probably some of or them were at the time yeah or were yeah. at the time um yes and he just like does not like them yeah um which well, is fine which be, uh, because of that i'm mm-hmm. going to say i went three for three then okay yeah yeah because uh, she kind of went uh, trendy there and you you said something that was actually the theme of this opener 
Um, and you actually said the theme of the opener uh, without maybe knowing you were doing that. Social media trend? Exactly. Okay. We talked about socials. We yes. talked about you being a media icon. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> you were trending. So, social media trends. I want to hit on one. And you just blew my mind uh, there just a minute ago. Because it is where we're going next. And okay. you also said something about that. You have no idea where we're going. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and anyone who's listening, if you haven't figured it out by now, a, a high percentage of the time, I don't, I'm not going to name a number because right. we don't know mathematically. Don't know. A high percentage of the time, I don't know where he's going. Right. I don't know where Sometimes our conversation is going. Yeah. Sometimes he's not sure. <laughs> yeah. Either. So. Yeah. Um, so you, you, uh, so m- my mind is blown because oh, okay. you've uh, gone somewhere. Uh, but before I tell you about that social media trend. Sure. I want to mention that I ran into a guy that I have been looking for for 99 episodes, a guy named Clark Kellogg. Okay. He's the CBS analyst for college basketball, March Madness, all that stuff. He played high school basketball in Ohio. Uh, he played for the Ohio State University. Um, he was a McDonald's All-American. Uh, he ended up going to the NBA, playing for the Pacers. He's been broadcasting for 40 years. I've been broadcasting for 34 years, so he's he's got me beat by six years. Um, and I've been looking for this guy, deep lover of Jesus, and we're recording this on a Wednesday, I ran into him today, and I asked him if uh, if he would it'd be okay if I asked him a few questions. And I he said, it. sure. So would you like to hear his responses here in a little bit? I so would. Outstanding. Clark Kellogg going to join us on episode 99 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Excited to hear what he's got to say. So, social media trends. Okay. There is a trend that I have seen <laughs> On TikTok. Okay. And I have been dying to know okay. your thoughts on it. Can't wait to hear and it. And then I learned a little something extra about it, Ooh. and I can't wait to hear your response to that. Okay. I hope I don't let you down. Uh, well, I don't think that you will. Okay. We'll see. And actually, I'm quite sure on the first part, you won't. Okay. Because okay. have you seen <laughs> on TikTok, I think it's predominantly TikTok, but maybe other places. Sure. This question that the lady <laughs> is supposed to ask the man. Does it have to do with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? It does not. Oh. But that's blowing up all of my socials as well. I mean, social media is only here to give us the Travis Kelsey and Taylor <laughs> Swift details. Well, she made it to the football game again against the New York Jets. What do you mean she made it to the football game? She is the football game. She is the show. Uh, she I, It was the Taylor game. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. People <laughs> said the the price of the football ticket went up, skyrocketed because they, they were pretty sure that she was going to be there, and she didn't disappoint. She sure didn't. She, she never up. does. <laughs> <laughs> she never does. So <laughs> great social media trend uh, thought right there. Yeah, Not have, where I was going. okay. Sorry, but to yeah. address it, have yeah. you seen the ones where it's like the women say something? They're recording themselves. Oh yes. say something to their husbands yes. or significant other about. Yeah. Man, like this Travis Kelsey guy, yeah. Taylor Swift really did him a huge favor and put right. him on the map. And oh, then yeah. most of their responses are like, "What do you mean she put him on the map? Right. He won the Super Bowl at whatever run yeah, his right. stats, yeah. or vice versa. A man right. will say to his yeah females yep. yeah whatever like you ever man, heard this Taylor ha- yeah. Swift lady yeah who's that yeah nobody's like, ever heard of her right right yes. right, right. And, yes. <laughs> and then the women you yeah. know freak right. out now um, I think they're hilarious yeah. I cannot get so enough I. of them I I think they are as well and what I can't tell if they're really set up you know right. like they don't really know right well, I think it's a pretty good actors on TikTok uh, yeah they probably are yeah I could not have. I mean, yeah, there's just no way I could right. have gotten in on that trend. Josh yep. knows that I knew who Travis Kelsey was. Right. And he obviously yeah. knows who Taylor Swift is. Right. So. And he might know who Kelsey Bowl is because uh, you guys share a name. I know, right? Yeah. Isn't, Isn't that, cool? that so fun? That is. That They're is so, fun. so cute. I yeah. hope they work out. You know, if, <laughs> <laughs> if you had married him, your name would have been Kelsey Kelsey. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, married who? Hey, yeah, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we're, brother Jason? We're around the same age. Yeah. yeah. I think he's 33, yeah. but I think he was born in 1989, so yeah. I think his birthday is still to come. How about that? Yeah. Uh, very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's done a little work on that. All right, th- that was not the social media trend, but oh. uh, you're, you're, you're on brand okay, right there. Okay, okay. This is a question that 
uh, women or significant others, uh, spouses, are asking men. Oh, okay. And the question <laughs> is, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. you know, you don't know. Um, no, I do kind of know where we're going. I don't get this trend. How, How often, often do you think about the Roman Empire? And you know what? Just about 10 minutes ago, you said... <laughs> Roman and Empire. Yes, That's you did. So you weird. said them both. And who said it? Um, Josh. That's exactly said. right. Your husband Years who ago. called your shoes... No, he didn't call them the Roman, Roman Empire but, shoes, but... No, but, but he, yeah, he yeah, made yeah. both of those words in that sentence, which means... Which means what? Um, that means he's, he's sometimes thinking about, about... the Roman Empire. Exactly. Yeah, I have... I don't get this. Where did this come from? I don't know. I kind of count on you for this kind of thing. Yeah. But I wonder if you've ever asked Josh that. No, I haven't. Yeah. I have not. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> at least once a month. No way. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it. No, and, I need the and, truth. And more recently, well, uh, yeah, about once a week or maybe three or four times a day. Yeah. Three or four times a day? Yes, if you're scrolling through social media and and it comes up again, uh, you you are at least thinking about it. Okay. And here's here's why it comes in my mind often. It's because I think about how massive the Roman Empire was and how powerful they were. And now, if you and I get a ticket to to Rome, uh, it's nothing but artifacts and archaeological digs and uh they're completely irrelevant i think the roman empire has nothing on the taylor swift empire that's probably true (laughs) but the roman empire was much longer it will outlive taylor swift and her fandom at the Mm -hmm. moment um but uh and that's what's kind of shocking to me america by um history standards is very very young less than 300 years old and the Roman How Empire. How long did the Roman Empire well, last? Well, uh, it, it, uh, it was quite a few more years. <laughs> and they were um, quite a power at that time. And so you think about, oh, America, one of the, one of the biggest powers in the world. Um, you know what? If the Roman Empire failed with all of its technology and strength and power, uh, what's that mean uh, for the United States of America? I, I think... Uh, if we're not careful, uh, we uh, we will follow that same trend. So uh, those thoughts come in my mind uh, on um, uh, a basis probably more than they should or could or would be imagined. So when I first uh, saw the question, I'm like, really? Is it? You know what? I, d- I do think about it. And so uh, on my wife's TikTok, she did ask me the question. Oh, she did. She did. That's and so yes. So uh, so you haven't asked Josh. No. Don't really understand it. Now, um, th- I have heard recently that there's a question for the guys or the husbands or the boyfriends or significant others to ask the lady. All right. And so I want to ask you this, and I have to tell you. I can't wait. And also, I don't think I know what it, this is. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you do either. Yeah. Because I heard it uh, on a radio station here a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And so I will ask you. Okay, right now? Yes, ma'am. Can't wait. Um, so the lady's asking the guy, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Yep. The guy's question to the gal. I'm scared. Is how often do you think about Helen Keller? <laughs> <laughs> um, my answer yeah. is maybe once a year. Once a year? Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you the last time I thought about her. I see. Very good. You know, there's that, a, you know, there's a trend. What's that, the trend? Uh, that uh, that people are saying Helen Keller's not real. Have you have you seen this or heard about this? Uh, no, I haven't. I think seen it's the this same group of people who say heard, birds aren't real. Yeah, I heard but, about this. I was gonna say. Yeah. I feel like this is a joke. Yeah, I, I, it probably is. But uh, apparently, there's people that are passionate about it, whatever. Sure. There's a second question. If uh, that question doesn't. By the way, I asked my wife that yeah, question. Yeah, what was her answer? And she said. <laughs> She started laughing. He goes, we literally were talking about Helen Keller today. What? The day that I asked her, she was at the office and somehow it came up and they were talking about Helen Keller that day. Okay. What was her response before that? Like, uh, well, that, that was the day I asked her. Oh. I didn't know she was talking about that. I sure. just asked uh, the random question. 
But uh, the question is, how often do you think about her? Yeah. So that's not an answer, Stace. As much as I love you, Stace, yeah. I need an answer. Well, um, the answer was um, at least day. that day. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't not ever. And you didn't say not ever either, uh, maybe once a year. Yeah. So um, I mean, months and months right. are going in between, right. potentially years. I'm sure yeah. I've gone several year period where I've not thought about her. There's a second question. And I'm okay. interested to know if this uh, scores any higher or not. Great. Yeah. Also, never heard that question. How often uh -huh. do you think about uh -huh. the Titanic? The <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, maybe once every six months. Uh-huh, we're getting a little tighter. A little there. tighter. Yeah, and, um, and why do you think that is? I think because of the movie. Uh-huh. The movie is a staple. It's right. an icon. It's a part of pop culture. Um, right. Celine Dion is, I mean, I she is an icon in her and of herself right the songs from the movie will like trigger it or you'll be scrolling uh, scrolling through channels uh -huh. we don't really do that these days yeah, you know. know but um when you were like every now and then you'd catch titanic on the tv uh -huh. that movie is so good you think about leonardo dicaprio and yep. automatically think about titanic same Correct. with kate winslet yep so you know what, yeah. what if you get on a boat do you ever go to the front of the boat well, we live in central Ohio. Yeah. There's not a ton of water near us. I can go to Buckeye Lake on a small boat. I'm, talk I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, a ship. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not on boats as often as I would like to okay. be. <laughs> yeah, same. Josh, when are we yeah. going to buy a boat? Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, no, I don't think I'm thinking about the Titanic if I just get on any old boat. Okay. If I get on a cruise ship, yeah. sure, I'm probably thinking about Titanic. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I just uh, I just thought. Uh, it Are was you ever thinking about Helen Keller or Titanic? Uh, I do. Um, <laughs> see, I <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> um, and yes, uh, I sign a little bit. So uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I run into uh, to deaf people out and about, mm -hmm. or I have deaf friends, mm -hmm. uh, and so that kind of leans you in that direction. Sure. Uh, the Titanic. I have a different take on. Uh, we probably don't have time for that. Um, do you think it's today. fake? Oh, no, I don't oh. think it's fake. Um, the movie, I, I have uh, some oh, theological and uh, maybe uh, I, I have some uh, concerns uh, with, with the show. Um, okay. Th uh, that um, in the long and short of it is it's all often promoted as what a great love story. And I don't believe that. I think it's a great lust story where this guy finds a girl and they sleep together um, <laughs> after two days. Um, and, and that, to me, is not a love story. Okay, uh, okay. So this, if, if it Then there's not a take on... That's not a hot take on Titanic. That's a hot take on the, the movie. silly people who have... Right that take that it's right. a love story yeah i would agree with that yeah and it's i wouldn't not. think about the titanic as one of the greatest love stories yeah no I, I i heard that especially when it first came out this is oh you gotta watch this thing it's such a beautiful and powerful love story it's just not um in my opinion uh it is not so anyway um oh, yeah man, I, that I, makes I, me want to cry right now thinking yeah. of her laying on the door <laughs> uh -huh. and like yeah. she lets go of him yeah let him go starts blowing the whistle i yeah. can try right now tears yeah. are, okay. tears could come to yeah. my eyes. okay okay uh <laughs> let's move on to something else because i have not gotten the most recent fantasy football update from you and i would love to hear how things are going in the life and fantasy world of kelsey ball um well not great i see now after week one you were winning i won week one and week two i think you lost Week two, I lost. Week three, I lost. Week four, I lost. Wow, you're on a three-game losing streak. I am so struggling. Yes. Um, which is just so disappointing. And the, like, point spread, especially week three, it was like an eight-point difference. Oh, that's So close. that was so frustrating. Yeah. Um, last week, uh, I lost 76 to 90. Okay. Um, which felt pretty close. Yeah. Also, I was projected to win. Oh. Um, yeah, the last that several hurts. weeks, yes, these have all been pretty close projections. And let me just tell you, like going to sleep one of the nights, mostly on Sunday night, yep. thinking I'm winning, can't wait to see 
my score when I wake up in the morning. So disappointing. Yeah. Also. And then you got Monday Night Football if you got players yes, on that. Yes. Or you don't have players on yes. that, but you, one you're fighting against us. Does. Yeah. And here's the thing. I have heard that um, fantasy football, your like, ranking is all based on wins and losses. Like your points have nothing to do with it unless there's a tie, maybe. I see. Um, I don't know if that's actually true. So I'm just so disappointed, and um, I have lost my steam. And it's like I know that I care because it's bothering me that I've lost, but also like I don't know what to do about. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about my losing streak. And I've traded out some players here and there from my bench. I've like, you know, I don't know, dropped some players. I think is the term, and like added some who are on the open roster. If that's, I don't know if that's what that's called. That is. So. I'm I'm trying, and yeah. I know that I care, but I just am so frustrated that I keep losing. Now, are you dropping players because they are underperforming, and are you looking at the players you're picking up and their uh, their rankings? Yes, yes, I'm okay. looking at their like projected points and yeah. their rankings, and I'm like, oh, they're better than what I have. Right. So let's pick them up, or they're like doing better. Like they maybe were ranked lower at the beginning yes. of the season, but they're like doing better. So. Yep trying to pick them up very good the defense oh man so not helping you at all no a couple so i have the steelers oh yeah that's they've just not played well hold on though a couple weeks ago Uh uh-huh they had an incredible game they did yes but they were on my bench i had traded them out but they like i think maybe picked up two fumbles or something or caused two fumble i don't know i don't know how that works you know yeah Um, i do know you know you don't know yeah. yeah But they had a ton of points, but they were on my bench. Yeah, see? So bad then I move. went back to the Steelers. Yeah, bad I think move. last week they got me negative six <laughs> points. <laughs> negative <laughs> six points. Ouch. Steelers, what are you doing, yeah, guys? And, and, and uh, what did you lose by? Um, oh, that was the 90 oh. to 76. Yes, that's 14 points. So that's yeah. an eight point. You would only lost by eight. So yeah. still a lot tighter contest there. Yeah, you know Debo Samuel? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, he's supposed to be pretty good. Last he week he got me point six points. Oh. What? He's with the 49ers, and he's excellent. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, you know, last week he huh. got me point six points. Ouch, that's not good. Rough. Um, Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. Buddy, you are my QB1. You're yeah. my QB1 because yeah. you are Travis Kelsey's QB. E- exactly. Right? Okay, I could not be more happy with yeah. hi- having him as my QB. Yeah. Last week, yeah. he got me 13 points. Part of the reason he threw two interceptions. So, yes, and yeah. so low. However, at least I don't have Joe Burrow, who only yeah. got 4.7 oh, yeah. points. Oh, yeah. No, Joey's having a, a rough day. Um, I, I'm a Bengal fan. Yes. And I'm so disappointed. Those games have been painful to watch. They have. They didn't what score a touchdown uh, the last game. They haven't scored a touchdown in the first half, I think. Yeah, none of the first halves, right? All, all season. All, all season long. Yes. Oh, so disappointing. The, yes. Yeah. And let me tell you, I am invested and I just don't want to be. Yeah. Like, I just am so <laughs> mad. And I said this to my friend Drew, who is our like league commissioner. I was right. like, I just want to punch you because right. you got I, me involved in this. Yes. Setting. And we have so it's seventeen weeks. Yeah. I have so many more weeks to care. Well, uh, yeah, only thirteen now because you're That's four true. weeks in. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for sharing. I am sorry. I'm feeling the pain that you are experiencing, and uh, I trust that uh, it will turn around for you uh, in the very only hope. near future. Are you ready to hear uh, what Clark Kellogg has to say? Yeah, let's do it. He was talking to a group of pastors out at Valley View, and here's what he had to say. I gave my hard life to God for faith in Christ back in November of 86. So that's been a 37-year about journey, and I've been so blessed by the pastors that we've been able to sit under, my wife and I and our family. First in Indianapolis, uh, the late Russ Flowers was our longtime planted ourselves at a church. And then when we moved here back to central Ohio, Westerville is where we live since 1993. We're still members over at Christian Assembly Church, Pastor Sam Farina was the lead pastor when we joined in the probably 90, took a couple of years for us to find a 
place to plant our family once we got back. But we've been there probably since 90s. And there's been a transition in leadership pastor towards Aurora now as a senior. Well, actually, three, it's two, two transitions, Pastor Sam up until 2007, Pastor Tory Lagore, 2007 until about two years ago, and then his son Jeremy Lagore has taken over as senior pastor. But I've been so blessed in my spiritual walk and journey, my faith walk, through not only the pastors that God has allowed me to sit under, but the men that God has put into my life, Bible studies, fellow athletes who love the Lord and are growing in faith, men in our work environment. I've just been so blessed by the fellowship with other men, disciples. And as those that have heeded the call to pastor and shepherd the family of God, I am eternally grateful for what you all do. I don't know it by experience, I know it by relationship, and I've had the privilege again, not only of attending churches with good pastors, but also connecting to other pastors in the communities where I've lived, which is primarily Indianapolis and here, and then you know, crossing paths with chaplains and pastors from all over the country. And um, it's an amazing calling, and it's a challenging and blessed calling to shepherd but I love what I just heard from the second to last sponsor who talked about loving ourselves. I just want to share a personal story from just this week in my own life. I might be speaking to your spirit through other people. I'm an avid golfer. I had other commitments, otherwise I'd have been out here playing, but uh, I was part of a golf outing on Monday and is an executive with Corn Ferry, a cert that basically places CEOs and former CEOs on boards or in new positions. So it's a pretty affluent group, a pretty uh, distinguished group in terms of, and that, but what really is pretty significant and actually the one part of the two day gathering that I have been privileged to be part of the last few years and the part that I will not miss is the dinner in the evening after golf. Anywhere from 8 to 12 CEOs are being vulnerable and sharing their stories. The question, there's always a question, the convener of this group always has a topic or a question that he wants to present for everybody to discuss. We don't have clusters, we have one table discussion. And on Monday night, after several hours of golf and fun on the golf course, Monday night the question was, what have you learned or what have your learnings been in the last 12 to 18 months? And we, we went around, we actually was one of the larger groups of this particular gathering that I've been part of. It's about 16 of us at the table. And he threw it out and each guy had an opportunity to share. It is unbelievable, and I think absolutely indispensable, to one, for men to put themselves in the paths of vulnerability and safety with each other. It's indispensable. It's not an option if we're going to grow and be all that God wants us to be. It's not an option. It's a must-do mandate. And the things that God does when that happens are amazing. Amazing. Because of what comes out of the heart and lives of men when they feel safe and vulnerable. There was one executive CEO had been a successful CEO for two decades, served as chairman of the board of the company that he led for several decades, had just retired nine, ten months ago, and said, I'm paraphrasing, I did not know how much my identity was tied to my work, and I miss it. I miss being the CEO and all that came with it. There were headaches, but I miss that element of being in that space. 
And he also said something that I've been sharing since Monday night with others that I converse with. The beast of our work will eat however much we feed. The beast of our work will eat however much of ourselves we feed. And this CEO, former CEO said, I gave too much of myself to that beast. And I'm sorry that I did, but it's not too late to reset which beast I'm going to feed. And the beast he wants to feed now is relationships. So to come in on the heels of what one of the sponsors was talking about in regards to loving ourselves, that's one way we do it, is by giving ourselves permission and time, scheduling and prioritizing that we care for ourselves through fellowship with other men. I don't know what size to be, but we have to be intentional about that. And even as even more so, I believe the greater the responsibility, the greater the mandate it is for that to be part of Hayyam. Because there is fuel that we only can get. We know the fuel that God gives us when we sit in his presence, under his purpose, with his people. We know there's unbelievable divine fuel that we need. And that fuel not only comes through other people, but we give it to each other. You give it to me, I give it to you. That fuel is mandatory. But it has to be prioritized intentionally. And so often us as men, we tend to want to grab the reins and not put ourselves in the path of being born. But it was a power for the stories. A guy had just recently lost his closest and dearest friend on the golf course. Another guy talked about his daughter who's been in a wheelchair since birth and her joy and how she's never had a bad day because she doesn't have bad thoughts. Her capacity is limited to only good thoughts. Another guy talked about the challenge of being diagnosed with prostate cancer here recently, just after he was retired from an uber-successful career at a company. And yet, what that's teaching him and how he's grown. So there were various stories of that magnitude. An encouragement to celebrate the milestones and the high moments, the good things. Those are all unbelievable reminders and affirmations for me and I pray this be the same for you I'll close with this as I was driving here from Westerville I'm listening to a book called Strength to Strength and today's chapter as God would have it the chapter I'm listening to today making your weakness your strength all about vulnerability I just chuckled God speaking in stereo. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Speaking in stereo. Talking about the Apostle Paul. The thorn in his side. Growing through weakness and adversity. Finding strength in that. Then he shared a couple of other examples. Of how our pain is, much as we might want to stiff on it, it's useful in the right perspective. It's useful. It's useful for us to, to admit my knees are shot. I'm a candidate for knee replacement right now today. I'm stiff-arming it as best I can, but the reality is I think I would break my back if I thought about trying to jump up and dunk a basketball again. I can't do that. That's behind me. I can't go as long as I used to go in terms of my preparation. I have to do it in smaller bikes now. I like to think I'm an energized. No, I'm not the same as I was 10 years ago. That's the reality. There's a lot of stuff that I can't do as well or as long as I used to. And you can go anywhere you want with that.
go anywhere you want with that. <laughs> but I know the response I got was the right one. <laughs> but we're not giving up or giving in, but we're dealing with the reality of the fact that outwardly, outwardly, we are wasting away. But inwardly, we are being renewed. So we have to recognize that and be vulnerable and admitting our weaknesses, our flaws. That's part of it. And when we put ourselves in the path of embracing that, we grow. We get stronger. Maybe not in the same way, but there's usefulness in that. So that's my word of encouragement. And it's as much self-talk as it is sharing and conversation for this guy. It's as much self-talk because it's real and God is good. Amen. So I trust you guys had a terrific day. You got something that you can use for your own fuel that in turn that fuel from you flows into people in your circle of influence. And thank you, thank you for what you do and who you do it with. And obviously it's for King and Lord, but he needs his people to be there with him doing that privilege and honor and work of following him, loving him, and loving other people. Pastors are called to a high calling to do that. Thank you. Appreciate you. Said Again, that was Clark Kellogg of CBS sports analyst and he was talking to a group of pastors that had just finished a golf outing out at Valley View there in Lancaster and had the privilege of golfing in that outing and uh, hearing him share and I wanted to share that with you as well. Well we call this a sports and spirituality show. Maybe we should change that to spirituality and sports show to put the spirituality part first. I don't know. We gave you the spirituality part first, but I also had the privilege of catching up with Clark Kellogg after he spoke to ask him about his sports life as well, and want to share that with you at this time. We're here with Clark Kellogg, CBS basketball analyst. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Sports and Spirituality Show. We appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Steve. Good to hang out with you. Uh, it's great to hang out with you as well. Uh, let's learn a little bit about Clark Kellogg's athletic career. Um, when did you first realize, hey, this game of basketball, I'm pretty good at it? You know, I loved football early, but it was probably by the time I was 9 or 10, Steve, basketball grabbed me and never let me go. I mean, it was a love affair. Loved watching it, loved reading about it, and obviously loved playing. My dad was a really good three-sport athlete in Cleveland, exposed me and my younger brother and three younger sisters to sports, but I took it to heart the most and would spend time talking to him about some of the guys he played against, some of his battles, and never got enough of it, quite honestly, and that was an indication of how much I loved it and uh, remember countless summertime days where the family might be doing gatherings and I was at a basketball camp somewhere, man. Missed some of that stuff, but was where I wanted to be you know i loved it just loved everything about it trying to get better competing and then it served me um it served me extremely well man i've been fortunate for sure do you remember the moment when you beat your dad for the first time i don't know if i ever beat him i think he basically much like i did with my younger with my two boys uh, my daughter is the oldest of our three uh, i didn't give him a chance i knew it was over with my kids probably when Alex, my oldest boy, was probably 15, 16, maybe going into his sophomore, junior year, and then Nick, the younger one, was coming up too. Uh, I got on the court with them in a little pickup action at DeSales, which were, you know, Nick wasn't there yet, but Alex was, was there, and um, just showed them a glimpse of what I used to be able to do, and that was kind of it, because I knew they were getting too strong, and it wasn't going to be long before they took me down, or I got hurt, and I didn't want to do that. No, that wasn't worth it right there. Um, My dad did the same thing. My dad did the same thing. He'd come out, he'd come home. He was a police officer. He put a poop in my backyard. A lot of times when he got home from work, there were 10, 12 kids in the backyard because we were playing. And he would get them out on occasion just to show us that he had a little game. But I never really went one-on-one -on -one with him. But by the time I was a freshman in high school, I think he knew that I was on a trajectory where it wasn't going to be good if he kept coming out there. 
<laughs> no question about that. He's a wise man to know when to quit. Um, so what's a highlight you remember as a basketball player at Ohio High School Athletic Association contest? High school, being able to start as a freshman at St. Joe's, I stepped right on the court as a freshman starter and was able to compete and hold my own, even though I had a long way to go. Obviously, our senior year, my senior year in 1979, we got to the state finals, the state championship game in big school division, which is the first time that had happened in our school's history, uh, even though we came up short. Uh, still pretty proud of being able to do that. Uh, being named a McDonald's All-American in 1979, on record, that's considered the best high school class ever. James Worthy, Dominic Wilkins, Isaiah Thomas, Terry Cummings, Ralph Sampson, Sam Bowie, Quint, I mean, you can go on, Byron Scott, Sidney Lowe, Thur I mean, you can go on, Dale Ellis. It was considered by, by many experts the best overall high school class, and I was considered one of the top two or three players in that class when I came out. So um, those are highlights um, from the high school standpoint. Yeah, those would be clearly highlights, yeah. And talk to me about the transition. You're an Ohio guy, yeah. and now you go to the Ohio State University. How was that transition for you? It was good. It had its challenges, but by and large, it was great. Being able to be a Buckeye and having grown up in Cleveland and being able to have teammates that pretty much were all Ohio guys, Herb Williams, Calvin Ramsey, Carter Scott, Todd Penn, Jim Smith, Marcus Miller, Granville Waiters, a lot of our guys during my time of playing, and we had some good players from outside of the state, but most of our teammates were Ohio guys, and there was some pride attached to that. Troy Taylor, Ronnie Stokes, uh, a number of guys. So, yeah, being a guy who was able to not go too far from home, go to a great institution, um, have some moderate success on the court, um, and be part of the family of, of Buckeye Nation is uh, one of the great things that's happened in my life, really. You said moderate success. Any uh, couple of maybe highlights from your college days that you know, stand out? A few, but I'm so pained by the fact that we played for the Big Ten Championship twice in the three years I was at Ohio State. My freshman year in a winner-take-all game at, at Indiana and Bloomington, we came up short in overtime. And then my junior year, we were playing for a chance to tie the Big Ten title on the road against Minnesota and came up short. So those pains and disappointments. I was Big Ten MVP as a junior, was all league as a sophomore and junior, um, led the Big Ten in rebounding um, my sophomore and junior year. Um, those are all neat accolades, and I appreciate them. I just wish we could have done more when you think about it. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, no regrets. I just wish a couple of things could have been different. Yeah. yeah, we wish the ball bounced a different way on occasion. Then you get the call to go to the NBA. Um, how did that hit you and your family? It was a dream come true. I was 21 years old when I left school after my junior year. I was one of the younger guys in the NBA that season, 1982-83. Um, really hit the ground running. Played on a team that was struggling to compete, but showed I was worthy of the pick that I was. I was the eighth pick and um, did something that still only a couple of maybe two dozen rookies have done in the history of the league averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds a game as a first-year guy and that was the beginning of what I was hoping would be a long fruitful career and knee injuries cut it short after just um, five years total but really three and a half years on the court and um, but I know I realized the dream a lot of people helped me realize that dream and I had shown I was a good young up-and-coming player uh, the time that I played and just wish I could have played longer, but thankful that I got a chance to do what I was able to do. No question. And then the broadcast world come calling for Clark Kellogg. How did that process happen for you? Well, you know, I had to retire early when I still had a lot of basketball in me, Steve. I was 26 when I had to retire. Had gotten my mark, well, I hadn't gotten my marketing degree yet, but had always been involved and interested in business. And so ultimately would go back and finish school had spent time working in the insurance agency with the, in the insurance business, property and casualty insurance business with a mentor of mine from Cleveland. Um, but basketball is what I enjoyed most. Basketball is what I had the most experience in. So the Pacers offered me an opportunity to stay connected to the franchise in a radio analyst role right after I retired. I'm talking 
six weeks after I retired in August, late October, I'm on the air calling Pacer Radio Games, doing update reports with the local station. And a month or so after that, Cleveland State University calls me. A guy who went to the same high school that I went to in Cleveland, St. Joe's, is the general manager of the station, Dennis Thatcher. Knows I'm doing Pacers radio. Feels like I could add to the telecast on Cleveland State's network. And I get my TV start on the local station in my hometown. And from there, after a rough beginning, I show some promise. I obviously have a work ethic and a commitment to try to do it well. And I get better pretty quick. And that leads to some regional cable stuff, and then ultimately ESPN in 90. I transitioned from Pacers Radio to Pacers Television in 90 as well, and that's the beginning of what now has been um, closing in on a 40-year um, broadcasting career covering both college and NBA basketball. There's a, got to be um, dozens and dozens of highlights of games that you've covered, things that you've done, uh, that kind of thing. Are you able to recall a couple of highlights in your broadcast career, predominantly in the college rank? Yeah, yeah, the greatest highlight I've had as a broadcaster, even though I wasn't able to call our youngest son's games when Ohio, OU made that run in 2012 to the Sweet 16, that is my greatest highlight that Nick, our youngest son, had his one shining moment on a grand stage, performed well, carried himself well, and um, is forever a part of the one shining moment montage. Um, our producers and the folks that put that together got a really neat close-up shot of him after he had hit a big bucket in one of the games, and I still get goosebumps and, and tears just thinking about it. My, I wasn't able to attend any of his games live, but Rosie, my wife, and his brother Alex were able to check him out in Nashville and there's a scene from one of the games where Nick hits a key three and they find Alex in the crowd and he's just losing his mind and um, as a parent I mean and our kids are close but when you see that kind of that kind of moment um, it's just that's my greatest highlight as a um, as a broadcaster and basketball I've called some great games and but there's nothing that, that compares to that. Yeah, that one shining moment is actually dull in comparison to the fact that the brightness of your family celebrating one another family member uh, succeeding, uh, that's the brightest shining moment next to your relationship with Jesus Christ. I think it was called the light of the world or something yes, like that. Uh, and so that's beautiful stuff right there. Um, what is the future for Clark Kellogg? Well, I try to take it a day at a time, month at a time, year at a time. I mean, I'm under contract for another few years at CBS and anticipate fulfilling that obligation with great joy and gratitude and enthusiasm. I love what I get to do. I love who I get to do it with. All of our folks that make up the CBS family and team at CBS Sports, it's um, great. And so I'm excited about that. And then we'll kind of see what unfolds beyond that. But Rosie and I have been married for 40 years. Our children are now adults. We've got four grandchildren, two girls and two little boys. So I know we'll continue to have a role with them. And I'll continue to be involved in community, um, community service, um, board service, both for-profit and non-profit boards is a very, you know, is an area of interest of mine. Uh, and in some form or fashion, I'll be connected to sports. Uh, whether I'm actually being paid to talk about it on the air or I'm just chasing my grandkids around watching them do their thing. But we're a sports family. We love a lot of different sports and um, find great joy in being able to, uh, to watch games and go to events and that kind of stuff. Final question. It's kind of been a theme on the Sports and Spirituality Show that we get the privilege of talking to people who use athletics as a platform to point people to the greatest hero of all, Jesus Christ. So how does Clark Kellogg use his multiple platforms to do that? It really is quite simple. All who have chosen to surrender their hearts and lives to God through faith in Christ are part of his family. And as a member of the family, we're to love him with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and we're to love other people. And we do that wherever he has us, all the time, 24-7, even in spite of our flaws and our shortcomings, uh, always pointing towards that star of seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ and to allow his love for us to flow through us so that we're loving other people. 
whether I'm on the air, off the air, in my home, in the community, um, I'm to reflect his image. And I try to do that in word and deed, consistently and faithfully. Uh, I miss the mark at times, but forgiveness and grace is great. And we get, we get up and seek to, to walk in the path of his light and command. So that's me. That's how I do it. I think that's how we're all to do it, wherever we are. Whether you're hosting a podcast or working at a, wherever, we're to be, be salt and light. And I try to be that. No question about it. Uh, on behalf of a guy who also loves basketball and loves watching basketball and loves watching the work that Clark Kellogg does, um, thank you for your willingness to stand up for Jesus Christ, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, um, and to be that guy who's loving on other people and being very willing and unashamed to share that uh, with other people. Uh, we trust the Lord's blessing on you, your family, and your continued work for the Lord, whatever direction the Lord's path takes you. Thank you, Steve, and I boomerang that prayer of blessing and covering right back to you and all your listeners. Thank you very much. That is Clark Kellogg, a CBS analyst for college basketball, joining us on the Sports and Spirituality Show. All right, Kelsey, your thoughts on what Clark Kellogg had to say. Yeah, I think, um, well, he had lots of great things to say. But I think especially as you asked him, you know, what's kind of become our signature question when we can get it in, but about how do you use your platform? Um, I think his answer was great. I think it was spot on, right? He points to scripture where um, someone asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? And he says to love God and to love others in Kelsey's simple terms, right? And that's what... Clark said, and, um, you know, I think he, he went on to say, we do that um, to whoever he has in our life, right? And wherever he has us, and we do it 24-7. Um, you know, I think he also pointed to, like, we have to allow Christ to transform us. We have to allow um, um, God to change our hearts to become more and more like him, right? We are an image, um, his image reflectors, but we can always be doing that better and growing um, in that. And I think that, um, as Clark pointed out, we're going to get it wrong. And we need to, to some degree, to expect that and not to excuse it in any way, right? But that is why there is forgiveness and grace. And I think that those things he pointed out were just so spot on. And um, it, it brings faith back to the simplicity of it. But in that simplicity, I know that it's so complex. So I'm not trying to like overlook how hard or difficult those things can be. But also, I think he did a really good job summarizing it and calling all of us to use our platform as he has, you know, arguably a much bigger one than... <laughs> us <laughs> yes and, and most people <laughs> yeah most people truly um and so i but i think what he said is so applicable to everyone so yeah. i thought it was great yeah he did a great job and uh, I, I couldn't agree more it is simple but it's definitely not easy and sometimes you think oh that's simple that, that'll be easy to do nope it is simple but definitely not easy um, and uh, the beautiful thing is we don't have to do it alone we lean on the power of God to help us in those situations so so thankful that Clark Keller could join us for episode 99 hey that means the next episode is episode 100 you gonna join us for that oh yeah. Of course you are, because so. you're going to be singing and rapping uh, nope. on episode one. We're going to make it to triple digits, and we're super excited about it. One of us more than the other. I mean, I think we're both excited, but okay. yeah, one of us more than the other. And, and one of us has maybe a different way of expressing it than the other. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think our bo both ways are different, right? Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> okay. Now, neither one right or wrong, good or bad, they're just different. For sure. And uh, yes, I'm super excited about that. I cannot wait. Whatever song you choose to sing or whatever song you <laughs> rap, uh, it doesn't matter to me. I'm so excited about it. We finally have made it to episode 100, and I'm stoked about that. You need to lower your expectations. Do I? Yeah. Uh, why? Because you've been setting this up for, yeah. I mean, a lot of so episodes. many episodes. I know. Yeah, and yeah. I've just never committed. So. You haven't. No. You haven't, and I really, 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 really hope you do. <laughs> and I'm working on a plan to make me make, make that happen. So uh, <laughs> it's great to, to have you on episode 99. <laughs> I'm scared. What does that mean? <laughs> you have to tune in to episode 100 to find out. Uh, tune in. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thanks for joining us for this episode. That's Kelsey Bowl with The Tree. Young adults, I'm Steve Rao. Thanks to Greg and Mitch Price of Price Custom Homes for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. You can get more information on the their ministry and their mission, their job, by going to their website, PriceCustomHomes.com. They can help you throughout the entire building process. They would love to hear from you. Thanks, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. Again, that's PriceCustomHomes.com. For Kelsey Bowl, I'm Steve Rao on episode 99 of the Sports and Spirituality Show and super excited about episode 100 next time on the SAS.